This episode of Seize the Yay is brought to you by Mitsubishi. These are the yays of our lives. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Lovely Yayborhood. I'm so excited about this week's instalment of Yays of Our Lives because I finally got on the road and headed to West Gippsland to record Yayborhood Watch in person. <laughs> you might have seen the little video of our trip go up on Instagram. I'll share a link in the show notes to see just what an incredible trip it was. So many beautiful businesses and people. It's been quite a big few weeks, actually, of returning to real life interactions. And as much as my inner introvert did fully embrace, parts of last year, it's actually been more delightful than I could have imagined to be back feeling the buzz of a room full of people. Our first stop was the delightful annual International Women's Day event put on in Warrigal by women in Gippsland and Borbor Shire, and I was so thrilled to deliver the keynote speech on the night, my first in the flesh since pre-COVID. There really is such a magical energy created when people gather together to share ideas, conversations, and network up a storm, and I actually hadn't realised how much I was missing it. I was blown away by how many podcast listeners or readers of the book there were locally who had come to the event. As I always say, it's so weird to release a podcast or a book into the universe and then not get to be there and see your audience as they listen or read. And it can honestly be really easy to forget that anyone even does. (laughs) So I had the most amazing time after the event, meeting so many amazing new people and hearing them share their own ways to yay. That's the part we all missed doing events online last year or that you miss when you go to an event, but you leave straight after it finishes without loitering like I like to do. (laughs) If any of you who were there are listening, thank you so much for waiting until the end for the chats and the hugs. That was my favourite part of the night. And to those of you who brought your CZA books from home with you or bought new ones on the night, which I actually didn't expect anyone was going to, I didn't even bring enough books, it was the first time I'd actually signed any in person and kind of felt like the proper launch of the CZA book. I just wanted to cry. It was so beautiful. It really made me think about the many moments of connection and excitement that you just miss when you're always rushing to the next thing and when you book yourself into things back to back and just don't leave any, you know, breathing room around your appointments. And even though I do love a post-talk loiter or a post-event loiter, I've definitely skipped it at times before because I've just cut myself short of time or I've booked the next thing too close. And I've really been thinking a lot lately of how half doing everything deprives you of of fully enjoying anything. Which brings me to my quote of the yay for this week, everyone you meet knows something you don't. And I'd add on to that, that it's up to you to make time to find out what that is, lest you miss out on so many enriching interactions that you'll never otherwise know that you could have had. It's totally understandable that we don't always make time for chats with strangers, being so time poor that we can barely make time for our nearest and dearest. But 
I always find that when I do go somewhere without a hard time limit or without knowing that I have to rush off straight away afterwards, it really opens up the most interesting and unexpected conversations. And that night in Warrigal was no exception. Every single person I met had some fascinating business or new perspective to share that just left my mind swimming with new ideas and thoughts that otherwise you just get really caught up in sort of your own world and your own buzz and it's just it just opens you up so much. Just because someone lives in a different world to you, literally or metaphorically, or isn't already connected to you somehow, doesn't mean they don't have something valuable to share that you need to hear at a point in time. Even if it's only one chat, you don't have to be best friends forever, but maybe you might. And I absolutely love this new Yays of Our Lives segment of the podcast because it's been really forcing me to make time for those impromptu random conversations again with people I don't already know inside out or whose stories I'm not really familiar with already that I might otherwise and I do otherwise forget to prioritise. And in fact, not rushing off that night after the talk or even the day after because I've been thinking about this, I otherwise might have just driven down, done my talk and left that night and not stayed. But I I was thinking about this and I thought, I'm going to give myself a couple of nights there and just see what happens. I didn't book anything, but I just thought I'm going to open the space to explore this new neighborhood fully. And that allowed the local community to really put on a show that I will remember forever. The generosity and sense of community was so evident and still makes me smile so hard my cheeks are hurting. (laughs) The next day, women in Gippsland continued the festivities with a lunch hosted on a stunning local working farm showcasing Gippsland's incredible produce. Oh my gosh, you guys, the produce! And was attended by some of the producers of those goods that I had an absolute blast spending time with. You know I love a niche community, so finding out about all these different kinds of farming and agriculture, it was just fascinating. And I had briefly mentioned to them that I'd love to interview some heroes in the region for Yeaborhood Watch during the visit. And rather than them just, you know, shooting off a few quick emails or maybe giving me a list of people to follow up myself, the town went above and beyond putting on a fully blown sit down home cooked lunch supported by Aussie Wool Comfort and Gippsland Jersey, two amazing local businesses. So huge, huge thank you to Sally Jones and Erin Horton for making a possible and all the amazing businesses who got involved. As I've mentioned, I've popped a video up of our little tour on Instagram tagging all the businesses that we visit and I can, you know, share a little itinerary as a list with the details of everywhere we went and all the businesses I can't stop raving about. Gippsland is somehow still a little bit of an untouched gem. I don't know why, but it just has so much to offer and I can't recommend a little weekend escape or even a midweek visit more highly. It's such a beautiful part of the world and I'm a little bit biased because My first home was actually Warrigal and it was a complete coincidence that I got invited back. But I lived there from the time I was arrived in Australia until I was two. And it was so lovely that a couple of the people mum had taught when she was in Warrigal came up after the talk to say hello. It was absolutely beautiful. But for Yeighborhood Watch this week, I've got four particular community heroes I'd love to share with you who attended the lunch and kindly sat down with me for an express chat about their path, Yay. If I 
could, I would have interviewed the whole town and I'll be going back for round two to cover East Gippsland with the amazing Empty Esky team in a few weeks. I don't know if you guys have heard of Empty Esky, but they're the wonderful organisation that started during the bushfires. And the idea is was to take a, an Empty Esky, fill it with you know amenities and necessities that they couldn't get during that time and uh, drive them out into one of these affected communities. And now they've swapped it to take an Empty Esky and go and shop up a storm locally and fill the Esky with local goods and take it home with you to support local businesses. So amazing, amazing initiative. We are going together in a few weeks, so there'll be more then, of course. But for this round, these four people inspired me in such different but profound ways, even in our short snippets of chat. I actually just kind of wanted to do full episodes with all of them. But again, really reiterating our quote of the A, everyone you meet has something valuable to share. So the first couldn't be more on brand with her lovely name. (laughs) Our first guest name is Joy, meant to be. She is absolutely incredible. I recorded, of course, at the actual lunch, so there's a little bit of background noise, but I actually think that was really lovely. I don't know if you can hear a cow mooing in the background, but if you could, that would be so wonderful. So we did this on the go. It was the first time of doing snippet interviews. It was so, so wonderful to do it in person. And I hope you guys are as inspired by our four neighborhood watch heroes as I was. Introducing Joy. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, Joy. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us a little bit about your story and what you do in Gippsland. Okay, so my story is about 10 years ago, I had a horse riding accident on Christmas Eve 2010 in front of my children and then husband and became a T6 paraplegic. And it still uh, very much upsets me to this day is that I was not prepared for Christmas. It was lunchtime. I had a four, seven and a 10 year old. I wasn't organized. I wasn't wrapped presents or anything like that. And they watched me come off my horse and get carted away in a helicopter from our property. So, um, I, you know, I wrecked everyone's Christmas and then you know, I was actually operated on, on Christmas day as well. And I can remember saying to the surgeons and the theater staff, please don't knock me out till I can thank everybody for actually coming in on Christmas day and actually operating on me. So, I was in hospital and rehab for about 14 weeks and then came home to a husband and three children and and had to try to learn, relearn how to mum, to wife, Mm. to be me with very little mentorship uh, available. And so I have made it a point to try and mentor as many women as I can coming through spinal cord injuries and just helping them navigate through that process because it's very scary and your body now no longer does what you want it to and there are so many impacts from a spinal cord injury. It's not just your ability to move your legs. It's actually your gross motor function, of course, but it's also your ability to regulate your temperature. Um, If you're sitting all the time, you're really prone to pressure sores. You've got to be really careful of your skin. Um, You can be Sometimes you can burn yourself on things and not even know that you've done it, but it's also a very altered bladder, bowel and sexual function. And that, as a woman, I found so much shame. And I I don't want anyone else to go through that. It's still very much a work in progress for me, but I try to be available, whether it be by phone or 
you know, obviously Zoom or Facebook and Instagram is a great way to connect with people globally in similar sorts of situations. So that's sort of a bit about my story. I was raised in Gippsland, sort of moved away for a little while, came back and I have three great teenagers that I'm um, co-parenting with my ex-husband. Oh my gosh, you had us all in tears last night. It was just extraordinary and to me hear. too. <laughs> <laughs> but you are just such an inspiration because to lose all of the parts that make up your identity and have to just rebuild and get on with it and still live your life, but then continue to actually help others through their tougher times when you didn't have a mentor yourself like I mean I sort of pat myself on the back for weeks and weeks when I come through you know the smallest adversity like I get a paper cut and I'm like oh god you did so well getting through that (laughs) but it it still exude the positivity that you do and care at all about helping anyone else through the experience is so so inspiring thank you it's it's not sort of what I've set out to do and there are rough days don't get me wrong Mm. it's I'm learning to be more vulnerable in that. I haven't previously been very good at showing people that there are days when, you know, I can't get out of bed. I'm struggling. My body's not doing what it wants to do, what I want it to do. The weather is cold and rainy and let's face it, Gippsland is gorgeous, but our weather sucks. (laughs) Today is glorious. Yesterday was not so much. (laughs) Today we are turning it on. But getting out in a wheelchair in the rain when your hands are your brakes and your wheels are wet It's very difficult. Uh, So I I try to be as real and open and honest as I can. And that was part of a very big thing for me to share last night, such intimate details. But I'm really glad that I did so that people can have the knowledge to go, oh, it's not just you can't move. I think that's the biggest thing as well is people can't empathise if they don't actually understand the practicality other than what they can see clearly. Okay, there's a chair. That's not the totality at all of what it involves day to day. There's so much more that affects you. And so it's hard to empathize when you don't know what you're empathizing with. That's exactly right. And it's only through sharing stories, isn't it, that we can understand other people's journeys and and be able to look at someone perhaps down the street or in the supermarket and go, oh, I wonder if that person needs a hand. It's like, can I get you anything? Can I reach that box up the top that you can't get? And it's those types of moments that you really are grateful for people to check in and say, hey, can I help you? Yeah. Because we will say, yes, great, you can, no, or no, I'm good, I've got this, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for women in particular, we do – Firstly, try and do it all, and but secondly, Absolutely. not cope very well when we figure out that we have limits and that we have to adjust Absolutely. our productivity and expectations of ourselves. But I think you got exposed to the extreme version of that. What advice do you have for other women who are finding it hard for whatever reason, either because they've just become a mother or because they have had an injury or, or an illness of some kind who can't do what they used to be able to do? to get through that and to accept it and to still be able to find joy in their life and find you joy in their life. Where can they find you you literally? (laughs) I'm on Facebook or Instagram, so feel free to follow along. I think the biggest thing for me has been don't strive for perfection. We too often think we can't do something or we can't try that new job or try perhaps 
talking in front of people like I did last night because I'm not perfect yet. I haven't got it all down pat. I'm, I've still got this to improve on. I'm still not coping with this. It's give it a go. Like you said yourself, Mm. don't aim for perfection. And for me, it's very much what is the one single thing I can do on any given day that I know the day's okay. And for us, it's a meal. And if that means we get Maccas in the (laughs) drive-thru, we're fed and and that's we've got a roof over our head we're very lucky we live in a beautiful country we've got great opportunities but if I bring it back down to that one thing as long as we're all fed Mm. that's that's the thing that gets me through and don't get me wrong there are some really bad weeks where we've had takeout you know five nights in a row and if I really try to analyze it I can really beat myself up about it but at the end of the day, we're, we're fed and we're all, we're all A-OK. So that's, I think, my one big advice is find that one thing that you can achieve on any day. If it's a new mum and you just do your hair, yeah, great, you know. <laughs> and if that's just you don't have time for showers, you use those baby wipes and you give yourself a bit of a wipe down or you want to put a lick of mascara on or that's not important to you, figure, it, it doesn't matter. Find out what that one thing will be that you can just take a deep breath in and a sigh out and go, I'm okay. I did it. I did it. We got through it. (laughs) Absolutely. And very last question, what is something that brings you yay or that makes you yay? My yay (laughs) is horse riding. Even though that's what got me into this situation in the first place is from a horse riding fall, I still love to ride. So I um, was very much back on a horse seven months after the accident. Stop it. It was very difficult. It was like sitting on top of a football on top of a horse with no legs to balance. <laughs> and I thought, what am I doing? How I'm, is this going to work? I'm not going to be able to do this. But through progression, I've been able to improve on my ability in riding. And there was a little while when I stopped riding for about 12 months when my marriage broke down, I really just needed to readjust, readdress what was my yay. Mm-hmm. But I got back into it and I love it. It's the only therapy and movement that our pelvis mimics the same role as a walk. So it's also extremely good therapy for someone with a spinal cord injury or anyone with cerebral palsy or autism or ADHD. It is a very well-known therapy to assist in lots of things. There's lots of equine therapy these days for people with registered psychologists to help with emotional regulation. The connection with a horse is just really amazing and that's that's my yay. I hope to one day get back out there competing. Um, it's been a very slow progression because I have to manage pain and my body's not quite sitting straight. And and if I do too much, I end up sort of not the greatest, but mm. which is the balance thing. But that's my yay and oh, I love it. I love that you're back at it. That's amazing. I spent a lot of time in rehab going, Googling paraplegic getting back on a horse because my (laughs) husband bless him was not going to lift me back on for love nor money understandably um and so I'm very fortunate to have a really good setup on my float I have like a horse uh, a patient lifter on the side of my float that I put a sling on and and I've always got someone with me for safety and it sort of lifts me up and drops me down on the horse and that's amazing it's just really good therapy and it's freedom like I'm not I, I don't know if it 
Aaron's got the most gorgeous grass, very soft and plushy, but it's not great pushing along for a wheelchair and it's on a horse I don't have to exert that energy to get from point A to point B it's just freedom for me oh gosh so much yay absolutely (laughs) lots of yay I love it oh joy you are a joy thank you so much for joining thank you very much it's been lovely to have met you Sarah and thank you for your time By the way, we were recording this sitting on a bed. It was a very impromptu studio, but I kind of actually love that, just getting out on the road and having such a spontaneous random time. This next guest has a bit of a twist, or in fact many quirky twists, the biggest one of which you will hear at the end that will blow your mind and is absolutely going places. I see a superstar in the making. This person's energy is so infectious, or these two people's energy is so infectious. I'll let you work that one out in the chat. Brody, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> this is so exciting. Tell us about your business, what you do in Gippsland, how it all began. Okay, so my name is Brody Pyle. I've created this page called Gippsland Promotions, and it's a page where I want to promote Gippsland businesses and the Gippsland region in general. It started last year, at the start of last year, because I was a little bit bored. I just want to do something, and I've always loved to entertain, and I generally love the area of Gippsland and where I live. So I thought, why not? put those few things together, create a page, entertain people, make people smile, laugh, and just, you know, be joyful. Oh my gosh. Well, you absolutely do that. You are like the yay embodied. You're walking around (laughs) just bringing joy to everyone. Like the minute I met you last night, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be best friends. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So you love to entertain. I love kind of working out as you, you know, you heard me last night talking about the jigsaw puzzle pieces of putting our yay together. Yeah. So entertaining, making people happy is something that you love. What else are you really passionate about? What would you say is your yay? Well, I'd say my yay would have to be making people happy, like, and just putting um, love back into the area. Like I feel we've had bushfires and COVID. It's the area of Gippsland has really been neglected and like East Gippsland, like it's just been so hard for those businesses, those places, those people, like business owners Mm. to survive. Like you got to think about those businesses that have had to shut down and they're now living on nothing. Like they've, they've just got to try and keep afloat to, you know, pay for their things like bills and food and keep their family going. And I've just, I always had a passion to um, connect with people and make people happy, bring joy to their life and, um, you know, boot them up and tell them you need to do that. Get that business idea. You do that. Go out and buy that first, you know, first product and you put it up. Because like you said at the interview um, last night for Women in Gippsland, you know, you bought something, you thought you only sell one, but really you ended up selling out and anyone could do that. Oh my gosh. And it was so lovely last night. I've just the sense of community here, the warmest welcome that we've received. One of the loveliest things was when I was chatting to you, about a hundred separate people came over and were like, Brody, this guy is amazing. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows what you're doing for the community. Everyone's benefited and is so grateful for what you do, but you, you all know what each other's doing and just want to support each other. And it's so, so wonderful. And that's what I love about Gibson. Everyone bands together you're not alone when you come here you come live here and everyone is by your side no matter what they will come they will help you 
They will boost you. They will give you anything you need. And that's why I love it here in Gippsland. It's the best. That's just so beautiful to hear. And you really represent something for me, which I think a lot of people need to hear. And that's, and you know, in, you know, my talk, I talked about it last night, the idea of embracing your uniqueness rather than trying to suppress it and just be the same. That's it. And we all go through phases where you try and be the same as everyone else and fit the mold. And then you just realize like life is too short for that. And as you are sitting in front of me in this glorious (laughs) folk-worthy gold dress and silver heels, tell us about Barb. Um, So Barb was a character I created because I wanted to bring some more interest to my page. (gasps) Well, she certainly does that. And Barb's, I needed someone who was rich, um, elegant, upper self, you know, and she's just all about <laughs> Bit the rich hoity-toity. life. You know it. She owns a business called Siliconas, which is a booby implant company. Siliconas? <laughs> I didn't, you didn't, Barb didn't tell me that. I know, Barb hasn't really informed you about that. Barb, um, so it's a massive company going worldwide. Going um, global. Yeah, I know. She has gone so far in her life that now she has that much money and uh, doesn't know where to spend it. So she gets out into Gippsland and spends it in the local area. So is she an ambassador yeah. for Gippsland Promotions, oh, would you say? Yeah, 100%. She's like the face. Yeah. yeah. Okay, amazing. Well, I that's can, I can put on a voice if you want, like Barb's I, I, voice. You mean you can go and get Barb's and yeah, bring yeah, her in? Yeah, go get it. Okay, go get, okay. Go get her. Yeah. <laughs> Barb's. <laughs> Hello, my name is Barbara Billions. How are you? Barbara Billions. Miss Billions, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us about Gippsland Promotions. You were telling me last night that this young lad, Brody, he started this amazing business and he recently hosted an event, I think it was, and had everyone had to put in something, put in a product, and then he would showcase it to the rest of the world. Tell us about that. Uh, So Brody is uh, such a great little uh, kid. He has done this thing called our uh, Gippsland promotions as I mentioned anyway oh. he's just he's so divine <laughs> so divine um but he's created this uh, thing called the I love Gippsland campaign where he's created these t-shirts called I love Gippsland and um put them out there and people have bought them he raised three thousand dollars for Gippsland <gasps> and he went out and bought some products and gave them away to locals and Melbourne people and uh, help them out. Uh, yes, I'm very deeply proud of him. Oh, he's deeply. Done, yeah, <laughs> he's done a great job. Barb, also, I'm curious. I know your skincare regime is so amazing, which yeah. is why you look a lot younger than you are. Barb, how old are you? Barb's is 45. Oh, Barb. Yeah, I know, she's going well. Oh, wow. Well, that Gippsland skincare. I know. Not a pimple inside. <laughs> but, guys, the big surprise from this interview is um, I'm just going to call Brody back in. Broth. Broth. Yes, I'm back. I'm hey, back. Broth. Hi. How are you going? So, Barb's is 45. Yep. I would like you to dish the dirt on your tender age of 13. <gasps> Can anyone actually cope with that information? Because I cannot. What even? So he was telling me, you know, I've just, I really love my school. They allow us to express ourselves. You know, I was school captain and I was dancing around in a frock and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, school captain, year 12, you know, just graduated. Yep. He's like, no, school captain of my primary (laughs) school. What? Yep. How are you 13 years old? I know. A lot of people say that. You're like an old soul. Like I literally feel like you have 100 years of wisdom behind you and 200 years of motivation to bring so much goodness and share the goodness 
from your community to the world. You're just doing such amazing things. What an Thank inspiration. You. Thank you. And I'd like to just quickly say before we finish up, please travel to Gippsland, jump in your car, bring your family, check it out. There's cafes, restaurants, um, barbs. Know, shops, barbs, barbs around. Um, <laughs> come around, just check it out, guys. Come spend some money in the local area. Stay a few nights. We'd love to meet you all. Absolutely. And, guys, if you need tips for your itinerary, head to Gippsland Promotions page. Barb has put together some wonderful things as an ambassador <laughs> yes. and Brody has helped just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, lots of help. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Brody. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely obsessed with that young man. I still don't even understand. He's such an old soul. How is that even a thing? <laughs> Before we continue with today's episode, beautiful people, I've got an exciting little announcement for you. I'm so thrilled to be welcoming Mitsubishi to the neighborhood as our major partner for Yays of Our Lives. I'll be zipping around in the amazing new Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross over the next few months, hitting the road to record both in and out of town and keep spreading the yay in style. I've had it for a few weeks already and I can safely say it's a total eclipse of the heart. (laughs) The Eclipse Cross drives like a dream with a spacious and ergonomic interior, 8-inch touchscreen and the pure luxury of heated seats and, get this, heated steering wheel for those frozen little fingers. With plans to start a family in the near future though, safety is everything so I'm also thrilled with its five-star ANCAP rating. I'll be sharing our adventures over the coming months and you might have already seen this week away in Gippsland in the Yamaville so stay tuned for more over the coming months. If any of you are looking to drive your ambition further this year, the Eclipse Cross is the perfect Yamaville. The next guest was a, this is actually a product that I tried at lunch without realising that the founder was also there and I couldn't help but grab her before she ran off to share the journey behind Etch Sparkling. Andy. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I literally just stole Andy away. She just walked into the kitchen. I'm like, oh, I'm grabbing you because we have to tell your story. I was walking out the door. and yeah. I know. I heard you'd left and I was like, oh, damn it. I'm going to give a shout out anyway. But now I'm glad you can do it yourself. It was meant to be. <gasps> tell <laughs> us about Etch. So Etch Sparkling, um, we make non-alcoholic sparkling beverages using Australian native fruits and herbs. They're so good, by the way. We had them on pretty much on tap <laughs> today. Three beautiful flavours. What are the flavours? So zest, which is finger lime, lemon myrtle and rosemary. Mm-hmm. Plum, which is Davidson plum, ryeberry and strawberry gum. And local flora, honey and rose water, which is called honey. That's your favourite, isn't it? It's my favourite. <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit like having a favourite child. I don't like to tell everyone that. <laughs> but um, different ones for different occasions. So yeah. So H stands for every time choose health. And my husband and I have a little bit of a backstory to get to where we are today. So our background is in the wine industry. Um, Jason in particular spent 23 years working in the wine industry and over that time developed a dependence on alcohol Mm. um, and later an addiction. So we both in 2018, we both stopped drinking alcohol and we were a little bit lost as to what to do with our lives because (laughs) that was kind of all we'd ever known. Um, And particularly Jason, that was his livelihood, was our income, it was his status, his ego, it was everything and his contacts. And so, 
yeah, Etch was born. Basically, I came up with the idea myself, so I give myself credit for that. Good. <laughs> you should be patting yourself on the back for it. Thank you. Yeah, and it's been amazing. We launched just before lockdown pretty much, um, November 2019. Yeah, ticking along. It's just extraordinary. It tastes amazing. It's such a good – it fills such a gap when you want something sparkling but not just plain water but not too sweet like many of the alternatives that there are out there. Yeah. And as someone I didn't drink for seven or eight years at all oh, wow. and was constantly looking for it's so culturally ingrained to just have a drink in your hand yep. that you know it's actually it does leave you sort of looking for something to do when you, you don't have a drink yes so uh, congratulations on such an amazing thank development you. in the story thank you I think that was the thing that we were both you know wanted to continue that ritual of having a special drink yeah um, having something in your hand as you say if you're at a social event it doesn't have to be alcohol it can be anything and it still gives you that sense of inclusion so totally yay <laughs> so much yay <laughs> and I think something that we talked about um, off air just before is that alcoholism is so difficult because it doesn't always look the way that you think it would so because it can be just a drink here and there but it might be a drink alone or it might be a drink every day or it might just be an inability to function without that drink you know it's I think it can seep into your life before, long before you've even noticed that it's something. Yeah, absolutely. And so talking about it more is, um, is so important. Yeah, I think um, from the outside perspective, nobody would have known that Jason was going through this battle. It was just, it was definitely an inner voice to him. And he ignored that inner voice for a very long time because he didn't look like somebody who had a problem with alcohol. Um, he was fit. He, he's a runner. Yeah. Um, you know, he was had a successful career. Uh, he travelled for work. He was, you know, put together. He didn't look like the man on the park bench that he thought someone with an alcohol problem would look like. Yeah. And so that's something we really want to talk about, I think, and reduce that stigma about because I think if we can catch people upstream who haven't gone as far as Jason got to, you know, that would be, that's a wonderful thing. And and that's the conversations we're having with people. People are reaching out to us saying that, you know, they're able to enjoy etch, you know, in place of an alcoholic beverage. So that's, that's so wonderful. wonderful. And it's so exciting that from a really tough position and a complete upheaval of your life and reinvention of his identity particularly, but of course yours as well, mm. you have built a wonderful business with an amazing product, but that's also given you a platform to then talk about the backstory so that others might be able to find you and then actually reach out. And I think one of the hardest things when you're in a situation like that is sometimes you want support, but because other people don't talk about their stories because it is a bit stigmatised or Mm -hmm. because it is hard to talk about, Mm -hmm. you can't find each other to even seek support. So it's really quite amazing that you guys have been so open in the marketing and sharing how you got to where you did, because I'm sure that's helping so many people along the way. Yeah, I think so. Thank you. It's not always (laughs) easy sharing and, you know, you put yourself in quite a vulnerable position Um, and particularly when you've got a brand, you don't want to taint that with the backstory. But I think the importance of sharing um, and helping others is, is really an important value to us. So, Oh, you're doing amazingly. Thank you. And I think as well... Any kind of big shift or or 
chapter change in your life does involve rebuilding your identity and rebuilding the activities that you like to do and the, th- the ways that you enjoy life together and removing alcohol is a big change for a lot of people. What are some of the other ways that you find yay? I think having time now, you know, for me, I was never a very big drinker, but my husband now has so much time in his day because he's, you know, normally it would be cracking a glass of wine on a Sunday afternoon mm. um, and then you'd be, you know, chilling out at home. But now we have time to actually to spend time as a family and, um, yeah, there just seems to be so much more time in the day to do things and oh, go hiking wonderful. and, and, and um, walking down the beach and so much more to do. So much more, yay. Yay. (laughs) And where can we all find you? I actually want to order a case because it's amazing. (laughs) I'm so excited about finding you. Thank you. Where can we get Etch? So at the moment we are available online. So the wsetch.com.au. We do have select um, stockists around Australia, but there's a few gaps here and there. So you can check the stockist list on the website. Um, But yeah, available online. Amazing. We deliver Australia wide. Oh, so good. Mm. I'll pop a link in the show notes, mainly for myself, but also for (laughs) anyone listening. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you so much (laughs) oh my gosh so many fascinating stories and finally sally jones a serious hero of the community and of her industry who worked away tirelessly all day in the kitchen and entertaining all the guests she's a woman i want to spend more and more time with i didn't have an inkling about her incredible backstory and you'll probably be able to hear that and hear what an impact it had on me during our chat sal was pretty much the person who actually organized the whole thing of getting me down there and was my main point of call. So she's just an incredible human being. Introducing Sal. Sal, thank you so much for putting on the most incredible two days, but particularly this afternoon, this was just extraordinary and you are extraordinary. You're very generous with your words. (laughs) I could not have done any of this without the power of women and producers that have been so kind and so generous in donating their produce and their time and their energy. And it just all came together. And I, it, no, it wasn't probably the most traditional sort of come to a lady's lunch vibe. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the best. It was so glorious to walk into someone's house and see all these women with their own produce in the kitchen, whipping up a meal for 40 people to this glorious view. Like it was just, I said to you guys before, and I I will say it over and over again, it's been the warmest welcome and just such a strong sense of community. Yeah, it is amazing community. And Gippsland is such a large space. It Mm. is, it it encompasses a, a very large region, you know, Kilometres. (laughs) Kilometres. <laughs> I don't know how to articulate that no. quite right. And from one end of Gippsland to the other end of Gippsland, you go through different regions, which all have a different vibe as well. Yeah. And they all produce different things. But the one thing that Gippsland is really um, heavy on is the dairy. And I know this is such a part of your story. <laughs> um, food and fibre Gippsland is made up of seven, is worth $7 billion to our region. Wow. And dairy is worth $3.5 billion. So oh it is gosh. a big player. But what we don't necessarily do in the region is value add yes. to what we primary produce. So um, I think it is about trying to think now as, I guess, a new generation of entrepreneurs and business people, like what can we do in our region to make it pop and sing? Because 
it really is undiscovered. A lot of people just don't even know where Gippsland is. Mm. And it's awesome to have you down <laughs> back um, to pop the lid on what is on offer here. And, you know, I think it's about welcoming people from out of town to come here and, and set up vibrant businesses and be vibrant people within our community, which is the rich fabric that is created. And it's so, it's been just so lovely to meet so many people because it is really vibrant. It is like, you know, we're hearing from Jazz, who's a counsellor on the local council and she's 22. Like, I think things are becoming really exciting and dynamic. And like even the event last night, it was a partnership between Women in Gippsland and Borbo Shire and it's done every year that you host hundreds of women and men, male feminists, to celebrate International Women's Day and bring a speaker in. And it just was, there was such a buzz about the whole night and everyone gets so excited for it all year. And not many local councils do that. And not many local regions have a women in Gippsland equivalent either. And it's just wonderful how connected you all are in with each other, with each other's businesses, how much you collaborate to even to put on the meal today. That was like 15 or 16 different businesses came together in a matter of days to pull that together. It, I don't think that would happen anywhere else. Yeah, it, it, it's um, an inc- as you just said, the sense of community is strong and it is something to be envied, I think, by many people that live in suburban um, areas because we are so incredibly blessed and everything does come from good soil and I, I have, someone explained to me many years ago that in order to have healthy people, we have to have good soil good soil is good food, which equals good, healthy people. And we do need to be super careful of how we um, care for what we have so that we don't get greedy and we don't just turn this beautiful landscape into another housing estate. Mm. We need to be really protective of um, what Gippsland looks like moving forward once people do find out about us. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm really hoping they do, but also really hoping they don't. I'm like, do I just pull this whole episode so it stays my secret forever? (laughs) And we can have lunches like this all the time. But I think you mentioning the soil just then also reminds me of how much people probably misunderstand your typical producer from this region, from every region. Like, People don't really understand what a dairy farmer looks like in this day and age or what the modern version of that is. And seeing the glorious and glamorous women last night and here today, it's not, I think, what people would expect. There's not the daggy farmer. I mean, I'm sure there are, but that's not necessarily the picture of the local producer. So tell us about your business and your story and how you've come to where you are and why you're so excited to be among the producers here. Yeah, I'm really, I'm a really proud woman that is involved in the dairy industry that is predominantly very male dominated. Uh, I grew up on a dairy farm in Lake Entrance where we value added to all of the milk that my parents produced. So they had a factory next to our dairy. So the milk shot through the wall into the factory and we churned ice cream and we had ice cream shops throughout Gippsland. So that was my childhood and teenage years and adulthood until probably about 15 years ago, my parents sold that business. So yeah, I guess I've grown up really ingrained in that space Mm -hmm. and my dad was such a pioneer as well. He was well ahead of his time. He took massive risks in creating a brand so far east of Melbourne with no social media, no mobile phones. Um, my 
parents, my mum, you know, we, we were homeschooled. There's three other siblings. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, my brother has autism, which was super challenging. Yeah, I say homeschooling, but really it was no schooling until I went to school in um, grade six. And um, wow. yeah, wow. so, you know, I really did miss out on a lot of those, I formative guess, fundamental, years. yeah, formative years. But, you know, as and saying that, I think it doesn't really matter. You adapt and you make the best of it. So, you know, people were freaking out during COVID and saying, oh, my goodness, my child's not doing it school work or whatever. I'm like, don't worry, I didn't even go to school. Um, <laughs> and that turned out great. No, I don't know about that. But, you know, I think it teaches you other things. And I certainly learned lots of life skills and learning how to be creative and use what you have. And it was a childhood that was very free range, but creative. And, you know, you learn how to work hard and make things happen as well, I think. Yeah. Um, so fast forward with my business and, and where I am now is because of a family situation. I finished year 12, moved to Melbourne, went to university. I was taken under the wing of a very amazing boutique PR agency called Spark Impact and I was studying arts PR and they took me in because I was from a dairy farm in Gippsland and the, one of the directors, Trevor, Trevor Young, um, was like, yeah, we'll give you a job. And then <laughs> there was four, four or five amazing women in that organisation that took me under their wing and to this day they're still friends. I was there for about two years before returning back to Lakes Entrance to start a milk brand with my dad because when I was at uni people were asking, um, I was part of – the farmer's market movement that had just opened and started. And people were asking me questions about the dairy farm and how milk was produced and the cows. And I'm like, why are you asking me this? This is so dull. Who cares about this? You know? <laughs> and really? it's second nature to you as well. Yeah. Most people haven't been on a dairy farm. Well, I got that. Yeah, I, got, I started learning that. And I remember having these conversations with my dad saying, people want raw milk. <laughs> and dad saying, oh, well... Yep. And he was always a big risk taker. And he said, well, why don't you come home, put the raw milk brand in your name because you own nothing, you know, you've, you own nothing. You've got no so assets to lose. <laughs> That's right. Cause I think it's $70,000 fine and you potentially go to jail if you're caught as a dairy farmer supplying raw milk, highly illegal business is raw milk. Ooh. Who would have known? Don't you have to label it as for your for skincare or something? Yes, so that's what I did. I went home and created a brand called Aphrodite Bath Milk. It was the first one in Victoria. And um, that was fabulous. I'm just, I love the industry. I'm so passionate about it. But um, I married a boy from the city because my mum also said, do not ever marry a dairy farmer. (laughs) And I married a city boy who was quite resistant about moving to the country, but he did and he loved it. But Lakes Entrance also doesn't have all the opportunities. I guess if you're not a fisherman or a builder or some mm-hmm. sort of trade, there aren't that many other opportunities necessarily. That was sort of back uh, about 12 years ago. So we um, ended up moving to Warrigal. And I was very sad to tell my dad that, I'm sorry, I have to sort of choose between my husband or you. (laughs) I had to cut that umbilical cord. And little did I know that, unfortunately, he uh, really struggled with that because he did have to sell his business and things changed on the farm and whatnot because it was very much a family business and where we all chipped in and helped out. And um, he lost his identity, which was the beginning of his mental health journey and battle. 
and battle it was because us as a family stood by him, loved him and cared for him and unfortunately it wasn't enough and he took his own life about four years ago, five years ago. So um, absolutely devastating. I'll never forget that day. It was the biggest lioness moment of my entire life where I just something rose up in me and I thought, this is not good enough. This is not his full stop. This is not his life pit. You know, this is not his story. And I didn't know it or anything at the time, but I, I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that I would do something to change his... His legacy. His legacy, yeah. Uh, a few weeks after that, the dairy crisis happened. <gasps> And um, I was one of the co-founders of Warrigal Farmers Market. People were reaching out to us on social media asking what milk they should buy that is local and, and um, farmer-owned. Yeah. They were, de- you know, the public really showed up and ABC Gippsland hosted a panel of dairy farmers that explained to the public what it was because it's quite a complex issue. Mm. And I was friends with a dairy farmer from Jindavik um, who had lost money in that um, crisis and he already had the thought of wanting to value add uh, to his milk his beautiful jersey milk and so we just sort of had this conversation and it was on that day that yes we decided we would have start a milk brand that had three pillars um, and it wasn't even like a complicated process to say, oh my goodness how do we start it was like literally like okay if we're going to start a milk brand it's all about farmers being paid a fair price creating social change in rural mental health and kindness that was it and we said about creating a brand and we had milk in a bottle three months later i have goosebumps yeah and that's gibsland jersey yeah oh my gosh sally i didn't know any of that Mm. that is extraordinary so it's been but it doesn't end there because obviously with any small business you have challenges (laughs) (laughs) oh those no so um (laughs) the first i guess the first real big challenge was that our our processor pulled the pin on us we had oh, four weeks gosh. and um, it's, not hard, it's not easy to find a, an, an Australian processor to process milk. I think there's about 28 farmer Australian-owned milk brands in Australia. Oh like it's gosh. a really small, it's a really small Tiny. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of the other milks are foreign-owned, um, so none of those profits actually stay in Australia and I think that's, you know, one of those big things we need to be mindful of as shoppers, we actually have the power. <laughs> we have so much power. So much. And people really underestimate that because they feel quite removed, I think, from the the actual issues and don't realise they're like, oh, one person's not going to make a difference. All of the people together are lots of one people together. Yes. <laughs> it, it counts. A hundred percent. And we are so grateful to all of our supporters that choose to pay those few cents more to support our milk brand because it really matters. Going back to the the issue of not having a processor and not having a credit rating and not having any money, we decided to crowdfund and we raised $110,000 in three weeks by asking people to pre-purchase bottles of milk, which That's then... so great. I know. <laughs> um, which then allowed us to demothball my dad's factory in Lakes Entrance. Oh my gosh, yeah. the full circle. The full circle. <gasps> So that's what happened, and um, and now you're back at, back in the family factory. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. Yeah, and it's just created this beautiful vibe and energy and new life to our property. Um, it's super special. That is so special. That just makes me want to only drink Gippsland Jersey for the rest <laughs> of my life. Oh my gosh. Um, so we are about 
doing so many things and there's so many offshoots to our little brand. And one thing we do love to do is, you know, random acts of kindness. So we do put a little bit of a budget aside and just try and bless other farmers and just do things that maybe they wouldn't expect. You know, I was actually having a little flashback just out in the foyer before because there's this gold beds set up that we've all been taking photos <laughs> on. We, that- we had a pillow fight on. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the farmers that read our story in the Weekly Times reached out and we had this beautiful conversation about his story and what he was battling with. And he had years of drought, you know, $13 million debt and just not knowing when it was ever going to end. And sort of in the conversation, realising that, you know, he's sleeping in on the floor because he didn't have a bed in this farmhouse and whatnot. And just super cool because we were able to use that bit of money that we have aside and just in that moment ring the bed company in his local town and organize a bed to be delivered and the bed company calling saying um the farmer's quite speechless and he doesn't (laughs) understand what to do (laughs) uh it took a few days for him to call me and he just he said I'm a man of many words Sally but you know this random act of kindness or whatever you call it because he doesn't ever know what it <laughs> this was. This weird thing. <laughs> Why would you give your profits away? Um, <laughs> he couldn't quite grasp the fact that that had happened and he said no one had ever been kind to him before. Oh, my god! And I think having a business with purpose and meaning, you know, and meaning and the ability to do these things as a business owner, you know, it's an absolute joy and we have a little campaign called Milk More Goodness. And we've actually got a, we've, in collaboration with Levi's, the denim, with a denim jacket. And on the back, it says Milk More Goodness. And anyway, we're doing cool stuff, which I can tell you about. We could just take working oh all day. But yeah, gosh, look, I could talk to you all day. You're my new hero. This no. is in- incredible. <laughs> no, You're no. just such a legend. <laughs> but, you know, it's like bringing it back to today. It's about the collaboration, just powering numbers and helping us to get um, word out about everyone's projects, not just about dairy. It's about, there's a whole issue with, um, my mate, Andrew Bulma, he has Bulma farms and he grows spinach and baby broccoli and he's one of the eight on the plate. Um, you know, in COVID he lost so much money because cafes shut down and, you know, the flow on and ripple effect of all of these things, um, especially when you're a primary producer, it's not like you can store something away until it gets better. When, you, when you're producing fresh food mm. with a short shelf life, it is imperative that we have connections and, 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 and work together to solve our, solve our problems and find solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so. well, you are just doing such an amazing job to be a really strong voice in this region on behalf of everyone and make people like me so excited to be here and to come back and to support everyone because, yeah, you're just doing so, such amazing things and I'm so grateful that you got me to come down and wa- just welcomed me so warmly. Um, you're just a shining light. <laughs> well, thank you for showing up with your energy and your passion because <laughs> um, and being open to it and having these conversations and you know, for for you to provide a platform for us to share our stories and, and our region is incredible. Oh, it's a privilege. <laughs> Very quick question though. What makes you yay? What's your joy? My absolute joy and what I look forward to every single month is the Warrigal Farmers Market. Oh, I love that. As a consumer. Well, yeah, I, I, I do. I just show up and I'm part of that community. It is my people. It is my hood. And I get so energized by it because it's about food. And 
and people. And food is the number one thing that brings people together, right? Totally. We are unhappy people if we can't eat. And I think that just sums it up. And the other thing that really brings me joy is just simply today. It is about putting food on a plate and having people coming over and having conversations. And like, that is my yay. Amazing. Thank you so much for everything. (laughs) Well, that was just a tiny snippet of the many amazing people I got to spend a few days with that felt actually like an an expansive few weeks. There's something so refreshing about getting out of your own environment and even more relaxing when it's out into the beautiful countryside that we're surrounded by. So my recommendation for this week isn't a film or a book or a TV show, it's a place. Since none of us are going overseas anytime soon, if you're looking for an adventure, head to Gippsland and explore the beautiful scenery, fabulous businesses and meet the loveliest people. Warrigal is only an hour from Melbourne and Sally's creamy butter alone makes the trip worth your while. It's just a different kind of hospitality. I felt so warmly welcome in every single interaction during my stay such a sincere interest and appreciation for one another that you just don't get as much in the city. I mean, how's this for delightful? My amazing videographer, Elle Ballyu, who also was the co-founder of the amazing Empty Esky, so is no stranger to the joys of regional communities. Her and I stayed at an eco-retreat homestay with incredible views called Vu at Jindavik, about 25 minutes out of town. And when we got home after the talk on the first night, it was after midnight, the host, Anita, had left us homemade cake, wine, cheese in the fridge, port even, some chocolate and the fire on with a little handwritten note just saying that we'd had a really big day on the road and we absolutely deserved a nightcap. How cute is that? And then woke up the next day to her making us breakfast with honey from her beehive. It was just so delightful. How gorgeous. So I've put the video up on Instagram so you can have a little bit of a look and get some visuals to accompany the stories that you've heard today and I'll share the itinerary soon too. And if you have any questions about the region, let me know. I want to get on to anyone. I hope you guys really, really enjoyed hearing about some more local unsung heroes. Uh, It was just a privilege to sing about them. And of course, now that we'll be on the road more in the coming months, if you think your neighbourhood is a bit special, please let me know as I'm definitely on the hunt for more places to share and more pathways to discover. We are just so lucky to live in this wonderful country. I hope you're all having a fabulous week and are seizing your yay.